All right, I'm rolling. To the 2018 North and Goal Episode 4 podcast. Yes, this is the recap of week one. And and the Mighty Alaskan Ute. Yes, here we are. Exciting times. Yes. So should we let the people in on what happened? Sure, yeah, let's let's do this. We just we just recorded an entire incredible episode. And uh right when we're wrapping up, I'm not gonna say who, but one of us realized they didn't have their <laughs> microphone on. I just realized so too, tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up early and teach a lesson that has to do with a missing manuscript and 116 pages. And you know what? This is all, this this is it. That was like our said, the best. book of Lehigh. <laughs> <laughs> that person, that episode was the book of Lehigh right there, my man. <laughs> that was our best material yet. You'll never hear it. Gosh. Uh, actually, how, okay. many times, how many times did you have to tell me to turn my microphone on before I listen? <laughs> speaking <laughs> of speaking of missing material, I'm, I'm taking this a completely different direction. This take <laughs> one of my favorite things from last week's BYU game. This we'll get into the game breakdown later. This is a this is good. I I was not paying attention to the commercials because that's when I tweet. I look at my phone during commercials. So suddenly I see people start talking about unicorns, and I'm like, wait, what? And then I go back, and then I figure out what's going on with BYU's Unicorniversity commercial. And I, I just laughed so hard, I immediately tweeted at you, because one of the things we cut, sometimes we cut things to make ourselves look smarter, and sometimes we cut things just to, you know, we, we don't have that much time. Sometimes we cut things because we don't want you guys to know how cool we actually are. And, yeah. and Jake had me cut one of these things last week. You maybe had some insight into BYU's commercial and didn't know it, right? Right. I, I won't go too deep into this without giving it up, but I may have been looking over the shoulder of uh, a, um, a member of BYU's board of trustees. Right. Yes. Yes. W- one of the initials, one of the mis- one of the initials, uh, one of the 15 initials. And uh, he had a group text message going and I may have glanced at it and seen a unicorn with rainbows <laughs> being texted. And I thought I thought it was weird to see one of the fifteen uh, in a group text message. First of all, sending memes about unicorns and rainbows, <laughs> but that was it. I, I forgot about it, and then boom! I, all of a sudden, here it is on national TV. Unicorniversity, bro! I about lost it. I had to I had to immediately tweet at you and be like, "Was this it?" But I was being too subtle. You didn't pick up on what I was saying. But uh, yeah, no, I totally spa- I totally spaced that. I got a preview to the Unicorniversity <laughs> through one of the fifteen. You know? Which is amazing. You know, that's the thing, too. This podcast, oh, had I not cut that segment, I mean, we're insiders. Dude, we are, and then we'd have 10,000 followers like that. <laughs> we could tweet it. You, you know what we could do? We could get on, say, tweet, uh, the train has left the station, BYU the Big 12, and people would believe yeah, every yeah, word. <laughs> Because we called the, the unicorn university before it happened. Like, look at our look at our track record. Yeah, we are your <laughs> unicorn university insiders. <laughs> Black Cat Insider was not there. Rivals was not there. Who else did he pay for? Cougar Board wasn't even there. Nobody predicted this. Cougar Board has every prediction, and they weren't even there. Yeah, I could I could tweet out a picture that would get that would confirm my story there, but I don't want to. I don't want (laughs) to. I don't want to out myself on Twitter. You know, in case in case said one of the fifteen listens to this podcast, I think I think a few of them do. For sure. Yeah. So, all right, let's break down the game. So, let's revisit our oddly specific predictions from last week. Yes. So, I believe yes. I predicted that Utah would struggle at halftime, or, or struggle, uh-huh. not struggle, but at halftime, the game would be closer than it should be. I'm going to go ahead yep. and say check. 
I, I predicted they would at least double the score of Weber, which check. I mean, it ended up being like four times, right? Like 40-something to 10 maybe? Yep, 41-10. 41-10. And then I predicted yep. a reserve defensive player would get an uh, unsportsmanlike conduct for celebrating in the end zone after a turnover and a defensive score, and that one was a big fat zero. Did not happen because we did not get a turnover or a defensive score, but hey – you predicted the game flow exactly like it's gone the last 10 season openers, it seems like. We play a division FCS team or a lower level division of FBS team, and we struggle in the first quarter. People on Twitter start freaking out. I'm not going <laughs> to name names, but it rhymes with DGOD23 and and uh, and start calling to fire wit. Same crap. Here we are. And then we're, you know, it's a t- I mean, we were down 10 7 in the second quarter, and then Moss rips off an 86 yard touchdown run. And uh, no looking back at that point. But yeah, it's it's yeah. the same same thing every year with these guys. They, they 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 just do that. People freak out, and we end up winning big against whoever we play. But here's what I was impressed with: regardless of the fact that it was an FCS team, we freaking held them to 59 yards, dude. That's incredible. I mean, you have you have plays in games that are continually over 59 yards on one play, you know, and to hold them that that low for an entire game. I don't care that it's a lower level team because. That's the defense was fast. They were hitting hard. They were assignment sound. And dude, I've never seen a secondary like we have. They're all long. They're all athletic. They're all hit. And I think we're gonna have a really, really good D this year. Oh, I agree. I I think it's not wrong to read too much into that. I mean, maybe too much, but you're right. Sixty yards in these lopsided David versus Goliath battles. Sixty yards is still really impressive. And let's not discount that each of these kids playing on Weber State. They earned that, you know. They they each of them were studs in high school. Each of them knows the game, and typically, I mean, you see people like Appalachian State nearly upset Penn State and upset upset Michigan a few years ago. I mean, yeah, these teams yep. they're capable of greatness. They're capable of big plays here and there. And you're right, you know, a few a few completions downfield that's sixty yards right there. So. I was really impressed with Utah's defense. I think this bodes well for their season. I think they're going to be among the toughest defenses in the pack, if not the toughest defense in the pack. I think so, too. It'll be Utah, Washington, Stanford, probably for the top three defenses. It usually kind of is. Um, and I just, I don't know. I think we've got I think we've got more speed and length in our secondary than we've ever had. We usually have a couple studs and then a couple guys that are really good and fast, but they're like 5'9", 5'10", you know? Mm. We've got dudes that are all across the board, 6'2", 6'3", fast, athletic. So it's it's a different level of defense than we've ever had, especially as we joined the Pac-12, I think. So yeah, I think I think we're going to have a really good D. Jury's still out on the offense. Zach Moss, stud, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Britton Covey, freaking flat-out playmaker. Looks like he didn't miss a beat. Some yeah. of those moves he had were incredible. Uh, the jury's still out on, in my opinion, uh, Brother Huntley, mm-hmm. um, quarterback. I, I think he's going to be good. I, yeah. And he settled down as the game went on. But early on, he was overthrowing dudes. He was underthrowing dudes. He wasn't really looking great. But he, he had a couple later on that looked good. He had a 30-yard pass down the sideline right in stride to Solomon Enos, mm-hmm. a couple other guys, and a crossing route for a touchdown. But, yeah, I think if he can settle in, we're going to have a pretty good pretty good team. So Huntley, Huntley seemed like, in that game, the kind of quarterback – that you you love and embrace and you're glad he's on your side and then two plays later you just want to pull your hair out yelling at him you know he can you live or die by his decision making which isn't always on point but when it is it really is yeah it hasn't been so far as far as i mean last year he kept the ball way too much Mm -hmm. you know and he got hurt last year 
And so we've got awesome stud dude running backs back there. So we're always saying just, just give the ball up. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as the as far as the running and the passing, I think he made he looked a lot better in the fact that he stayed in the pocket mm-hmm. and looked for receivers downfield rather than just tucking and running like he used to do. There's a play where it broke down and he he, he kind of got away from a guy and then looked upfield and chucked it downfield to Covey on the sideline for I think it was like a 15 20 yard game. Yeah. And he didn't he wouldn't he didn't do that last year. As soon as he had pressure last year, boom, he was out. So I think he's progressing there in in the fact that he's he's being more patient. Um if he can just improve his accuracy a little bit. Um and he wasn't terrible last week. The thing is it felt bad because we started so bad, but he ended up 66% completion percentage. Yeah. Over 250 yards, four touchdowns. So it wasn't it wasn't bad number-wise. It just felt that way because it started slow. But if he can clean up his decision making a little yeah. bit and uh I think I think we'll be fine. Yeah. How about that play where Britton Covey took the glove off after the snap? Wasn't that so cool, dude? I don't think I've I ever seen that. That kid. I just want to hug that guy. And just yeah. hug him, <laughs> dude. I've seen him in person. He looks like my nephew. He's yeah. like this short little, just unassuming, but he makes people look like fools out there. Yeah, taking gloves off mid-play, cutting like he's on freaking Madden 2018. Uh-huh. And, I mean, he just—that's he, the way he's always been, and I just—he's yeah. so fun to watch. He's not the most physically imposing, obviously, but, dude, he makes people look like fools out there. Oh, I remember watching the state championship game that he played in, and his style of play, it's just like it's like elementary school ball. Like, takes the snap, looks for receivers, no one's open, doesn't matter. He waits for someone to come at him, and he wants you to come at him because then he can run around you, and you'll never catch him. He's got the, he's got a quick twitch I've never seen. Yeah. He can, he can just do this little juke. And, like, you watch, like you said, his high school tapes. You watch high school highlights. It's two, three minutes of dude scoring touchdowns and then some longer plays and et cetera. Yeah. You watch Covey's tape, the first 10 freaking minutes, he's not even touched. <laughs> and they're 80-yard touchdowns over and over and over. It's it's incredible. It's the best high school tape I've ever yeah. seen. And he's just, he just came came off came off serving the Lord for two years and yeah. bam, right in. And he didn't miss a beat, bro. I yeah. love it. Uh, he's, he's certainly got a bright future, bright career. I was thinking his highlight tape, you could have two or three minutes just on one play. <laughs> just running circles, people chasing him. It's like it's like the Bo Jackson Techmo. Remember, you'd you'd run yeah. down to the end zone and have everyone chase you. They'd run down the goal line, they'd back the other way, and they'd all chase you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the Utes got uh, Northern Illinois this week, which yes. I don't know why we're playing this game. I think it's dumb to go out there. Yeah. Um, but they are, you know. So they've, out there, they've been good in the past. Like not good, but I, they're on people's radar. They've had good seasons in the past. They are. They're, I think they went to the, a BCS game. Yeah. three years ago, something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two, two or three years ago, off the top uh-huh. of my head. But yeah, they've, they've been good. I don't think they're. I don't think they're that level this year. They lost to Iowa. Gotcha. They got beat down pretty bad. I, they've got a good defensive end who'd be an NFL guy. Uh-huh. Um, but the truth is, they're just they're just not as talented. And uh, the Utes should wear them down. But you never know, man. I mean, yeah. teams like this beat higher-level teams all the time. Yeah. We're going across the country to their stadium. It's, from what I see, it's supposed to be rainy yeah. on that Saturday. So that could play a play a factor in it. Um, and I don't know. I expect the Utes to win. I expect our defense to, to come and lock them down and win something like 31-13, okay. 31-10, something like that. Yeah. Where Where is Northern Illinois? Uh, I think it's... I didn't pass my my Illinois geography class in sixth grade. I failed that one. But I think it's west of Chicago, like 45 minutes an hour. DeKalb, D-E-K-A-L-B. Okay. I think. 
Don't quote me on that, but I think that's where it is. Yeah, Western Illinois. So yeah, if you go what? if you go west of Chicago, I've I've spent some time driving around in that area, and that that kind of even though you think Illinois, all the population there, that could be some backwoods kind of small. That'll that'll be an interesting game. <laughs> it is, dude. I used to live in Kansas City, um, and in 2002, when they dedicated the Nauvoo Temple as, as a singles ward of Kansas City, and they had us go volunteer for the temple to help people put their little white booties on to walk through the temple. <laughs> so I spent I spent three or four days in. Uh, the Quincy Nauvoo area of Western Illinois, and yeah, it's it's farm town, man. But it's nice. It's pretty. It's a pretty cool place. See, I was there two years later, and my memory I have of that. I'm gonna pick your brain here and and have you with your Midwest experience. Yes, sir. How, how do people know if a tornado is about to happen? And when I say that, I don't mean I don't mean when you already see the funnel cloud. That's it's too late then. It's already formed. Yep. A, a tornado, a tornado about to happen on the horizon. How do you know? Dude, the sky turns green. Yes. <laughs> dude, dude, it seriously does. I was dude, I was living in Kansas City dating my wife and we were at her house and all of a sudden the sirens go off. This is in Kansas City and mm. the sky outside, I'm not kidding you, it was like this tealish dark green and it was like freaky. Yeah. And so the sirens are going off. I'm like, "We got to go. Let's get down to the shelter, right?" Mm. Uh, cuz they didn't have base, she didn't have a basement in her house. And so I was like, "We got to get out of here." I was freaking out. She's like, oh, it's okay." I'm, you know, she had to go take a shower or something. I was like, it was creepy, dude. But yeah, you go out there and the sky is green. It literally is green and it feels like – it almost feels like a vacuum, like the air has been sucked out of, of the room. It's yeah. weird. It's pretty crazy, yeah. So that's what that's what I was hoping you'd say because I, I lived actually in St. Louis a couple years later after you lived in the Midwest. And I just realized that's another connection. Here I am living in Alaska where you grew up and we yeah. both lived in the Midwest at just different times. We've just never been on the same page. But, the uh, mighty Missouri Ute and St. Louis Aton. Mazuton. So, yeah, some bizarre yeah, world. Cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was living in St. Louis two years later, and somebody was describing to me that green cloud effect. And they said, watch for that, you know, if you see this, the cloud turn green. And I, when you hear that, you just think that doesn't make any sense. Clouds don't turn green. And then uh, I was with my buddy. We were at in Nauvoo, up on that kind of plateau area where that vista, where you're looking out over the river. And mm-hmm. I just looked, I noticed this cloud had a green tint to it. I said, hey, what do you think of that? And, and we talked about it. Within 15 minutes, the sirens were going off, and we all had to go to the basement of the visitor center. It was crazy. Yep. Pretty crazy. Dude, think about that. Sorry not to take away from you that story. Yeah. The story was legit. But you're right. <laughs> Alaska, Alaska, Missouri, Missouri, dude. And then Bountiful, our offices were next door to each other. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that's what people don't realize. Dude. We That's how we know each other is we worked literally right next to each other. And, yeah. uh, and so we'd see each other. But that's where we got to. Like all those other connections are just kind of cool things that like. Ben, is, ben has been in. Benji's been in my mouth. With his, <laughs> <laughs> with, his, with, his, with his dental tools, man. That's, yes. that's a bond that not many people have. And you know, the, the way it's going, I'm going to end up dying in Brigham City. That's, how it's, <laughs> that's right. Because I'll just stay in Alaska till it. So, yeah, that, that works. Yeah. So uh, yeah. coming back to those tornadoes, that is a great segue to my oddly specific prediction. So I'm going to say uh, Utes are going to win the game first off, but it's going to be close. And the reason it will be close is there's going to be a weather delay. And I'm not going to go so far as to say tornado, but weather delay. This It seems like that's the kind of area where they can have that. And 
the the times we've seen that two BYU games I've been uh, I've I've at least watched one of them I was in I I was a, not in like a player I was a fan at the game uh, when Texas came to town and and pretty much a tornado rolled through Provo the gr- same green clouds came through actually uh, and then uh, I believe Utah Michigan right Michigan yep yeah it was, uh, yeah it was at Michigan uh, I think Brady Hoke's last year yeah beat him pretty bad so the thing that's terrible about that is that they're they're game changers as far as like momentum, you know, whoever's ahead. It's like when that stops, it's like a whole new game. And it's like all, yeah. all the momentum you had. It kind of sucked. Well, I feel like in all three of those games, at least if I remember correctly, the underdog ended up winning and, and the weather played a factor. I don't know. Was Utah favored back then? Against Michigan? I, I don't recall. I, I feel like I the, we, the remember, writers love Michigan. Michigan's always like favored. Yeah, it was probably like something. That. I remember they had, uh, they had uh, J.U. Chesson, the receiver. I can't remember. Uh, they had that Denard, Denard Robinson. Oh, yeah. Michigan. Oh, Athletic man. Athletic dude that could run all over. And he has the and, honor. Uh, man, he's got a place in history. You know what he's going to be known for? Like his legacy no, forever? Dude. He was no, the what? final cover of the video game, the NCAA video game. Oh, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, so because I had that one for a long time until my house burned down, and, and it was him on the cover of that. So... Anyway, so coming back to my prediction, uh, not so much that Northern Illinois will win. They will still lose, but they're going to have an advantage. They're going to make strides and gains in this game that they shouldn't because of the weather delay. That's, and I'm sticking with that prediction, oddly specific. Okay. Well, you were, you were dead on on Weber State, so I'm going to go with you. You know, I don't really have an oddly specific um, one. I'm not very good at this game yet. I've got <laughs> to start thinking of some things. We'll, we'll get there. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. Talk about more tornadoes. Oddly specific, and stuff. Uh, the, the youths will win and score some some touchdowns. Pretty specific. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. That's man. a pretty safe bet. Thanks. Now right, watch. So, uh, now that so you say that, got... it's going to be fifteen to three. It's going to be nothing but field goals all night. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me. But I'll yeah. take a, a win's a win, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so now I got the Utes game covered. So yeah. let's talk about your your Cougars of BYU. Oh my goodness, we are all collectively on cloud nine. That was one going into that. We were my hopes and my expectations, my dreams for that game were make us believe, which is why I went with my prediction last week of the score won't be close. But we will have a chance. In the fourth quarter, we will still be in the game. And I thought if the team can fight and still be in the game at the fourth quarter, I'm on board. I'm on board with everything the coaching staff is doing. Holy cow. To watch them come out, the game plan was beautiful. It was brilliant. They ran all these jet sweeps. They set up perfectly to hit the tight ends at the key moments. Uh, Coach Grimes went up-tempo when he needed to go up-tempo. They had him on their heels. Uh, he yeah. slowed the game way down when he needed to. I mean, uh, specific play calls are easy to second guess, but the overall game plan, holy cow. I think Jeff Grimes was my favorite performance of the night, just watching that game unfold. Beautifully planned, beautifully written. And I'm going to talk about their defense, unless you have something to interject. No, I was going to say, I, I definitely did not expect that. And that's the problem when you're predicting games the first game of the year off of last season, mm-hmm. because that's all you have to go off of, you know, mm-hmm. they're different teams. Yeah. And I mean, you're, we're going off a BYU team that lost nine games. So that's why everyone was saying, Oh, they'll get blown out. Yeah. And yeah. So was, I, I was definitely not expecting that. And especially in the third quarter when it was just like BYU was flexing their, their, their willpower on yeah. whatever they wanted. They knew Arizona knew when they were running and they couldn't stop the run. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they had some big pass plays, and they they really looked head and shoulders above better than Arizona in the third quarter. Yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. Oh man, life back into the program. It was beautiful. Defensively, I I loved it. When you go back, because I I watched the game a second time. It came on again, and I love watching the game the second time because you can just enjoy it without worrying, right? Yep. Second time, I watch every game, every win I rewatch before I go to bed, no matter what time it ends. Nice. So every time, yeah, yeah, it is fun to rewatch wins. Yeah. Second time going through, I recognized this defense was amazing. So no sacks. But worth it because they you don't sack a guy like Khalil Tate. You don't when you have him one on one in the backfield, you wait for him to move. You don't run at him or he'll burn you. And that's exactly what they did. They had Kafusi, they had Taki Taki, uh, they had him on each, each end. Who's the other one whose name I'm not thinking of right now? They had it anyway. Kafusi, Taki Taki, and uh, I'm not sure. This is this is your your team. I know this is why I need to write my notes up. They had three studs that were spying him. They were they were uh, it wasn't one guy the whole time because because the middle they talked about this on the uh, was it the linebacker Zane Anderson Anderson had a few good good plays he's not the one I'm thinking of he did get after him a couple times but um uh, anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> I'll, I'll condense all this so that it sounds like I'm smart or I'll do one of those <laughs> I'll do one of those cardiologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here, just at the end of this, just record every roster. Go read the entire roster. Plug in the names. Do you know what? I'm I'm just gonna leave it so people know how amateur we are. This is how we roll. I love it. Don't don't question my fanhood because I'm an old man who can't think of names anymore. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But no, defense was awesome. Uh, The other one I wanted to point out. He didn't get after Khalil Tate that often, but Kyrie's Tonga last year, the year before, I thought, okay, Tonga is big. And and he's great at taking up that space. He was pushing people around last this last game, and I thought, man, this this kid is he's made leaps and bounds in his progression as a player, and I'm excited for his future. He was doing yeah, awesome. He's the, he's the prototypical nose tackle that you see in Utah, you know, yeah. under under Woodingham with Starlo Tulele or Sioni Bauha or right. Steve Fafita, all those guys, just big run stopping beasts, you know. Yeah. And, it's a shame because he was at Utah. He did commit to Utah, and then on his mission after his mission transferred, I'd I'd love to have him up there. He's a big boy. He's gonna yeah, he's gonna have a, a a good career. Yeah. Oh, he's he uh very promising. Uh, watching his game. Uh, and you know, if there's a weak spot, it's the same weak spot it always is. It's the uh the secondary made a couple key mistakes. Uh, I think a lot of Arizona's offensive production was on penalties. Uh, I think they're fixable, but I do worry a little bit. I think when we face Hornybrook from from Wisconsin, he's going to just have a field day with that. He's going to find those weaknesses. But I think anytime you're facing a quarterback who's, I mean, the game plan to stop the running quarterback worked. It worked brilliantly. I mean, they, they did great. And I, know- yeah, I see that. I, I mean, you've heard this. You've heard this. You know, this is a parody talking point. Everybody's talking about it. But I was super surprised at Kevin Sumlin's decision to try and make Tate a passing quarterback because I've seen, I saw him play last year. He doesn't pass that well. And and he, he's a great freaking runner and they called very few like zone read plays. And the ones they called, he gave up to the running back most of the time. Anyway, I was surprised at how they tried to force him into uh, become a pocket passer because he sucks. But that's what he did. And it did It'll be interesting to see how his season unfolds because I think there's some truth to that. I think it's someone's style versus Khalil's skills. Uh, with that in mind, though, Ed Lamb, if if uh, you want to believe what he was saying, 
He looking at the way, and he's a, he has a background as a line coach. I think when you watch the line, he was picking out things that people didn't see, saying what their offensive line was doing gave Tate the option to run on more plays than people recognize. Because he said there were forty plays that Tate could have run. You know, they in all forty of those, he had the option of running. BYU played it right, convinced him not to run, so he threw when he shouldn't have thrown. And it, if there's truth to that, I mean, you know, we'll know. We'll see how the season plays out. If he goes back to his old style, we'll say, "Wow, BYU really game planned it just right, and good for them." Um, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I'm not. I mean, obviously, being a a skeptic, I'm not sure I believe <laughs> there were 40 run plays because I saw. Dude, I just I saw him tear up defenses last year. Good. I mean, not great defenses, mind you. Yeah. But the, and, and honestly, as the season went on last year, people started to contain him. Yeah. It was the first several games he played in where people couldn't stop him. So, right. You no, know, maybe BYU did, did, did plan for him well and did stop him. I just didn't see a lot of I – I, I, it just seemed like he'd draw back and throw long. It was stupid. Yeah. Drop back and throw long. It was a dumb offense. Well, and it could have been, too, that Arizona was over-planning for BYU's defense, saying, hey, here's where we think the weakness is. Let's go after that. And for as much – you know, it sounds like I'm criticizing the secondary. They did okay, you know. Obviously, they won, but – uh, there's some things to clean up, but I'm not going to start dogging on them saying that's our weakness that uh, we I, I did say that, didn't I? We're a little worried. I think they can pick it up, well, though. I think they'll be fine. Nah, I mean, game one, things, you know, if I were to judge every season off of game one, I'd, you know, like I said previously, Utah didn't look good game one last year. Well, did they? I can't remember now. Now it's all running together. <laughs> first, first half, I'm sure they didn't. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. Looking ahead to next week, we have Cal coming to town, and uh, and that's exciting. This is one thing I love. You know, those are big names that come to BYU that you wouldn't otherwise get. This is what's exciting about the schedule that BYU has planned is a game like this. So what's your prediction for the uh, – we did predicted uh, the score of the Utah game. What's your prediction for BYU? I would say BYU, I'm it's going to be a similar score. BYU – I'm going to say they're going to get to 30 – and they're going to keep Cal under 20. Uh, turnovers will be a factor, and BYU is going to be plus one on that. Uh, okay. Oddly okay. oddly specific, I'm going to say uh, Dylan Colley will catch a pass that bounces off the defender's helmet, and, and he's going to, because of the weird way it unfolds, he's going to catch it in a way that he's behind the defender when he gains control. He's going to score, and it doesn't matter where the that play begins on the field. If they're at the 20, he'll score from there. If they're, like, you know, their own 30, that, it doesn't matter. Okay. So so all his catches are going to be bounces then? Just one. All season? One that will be a touchdown. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess one. you're right. If there was one last week, one, one next week, it is 100%. Yeah, that's pretty good. But this is going to be not um, his own helmet. This will be the defender's helmet this time. <laughs> okay, okay, good deal. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it, man. It's hard to say because Cal they they didn't. I mean, they didn't look great, but they still beat another Power Five team, you know. And they beat them at home. They started out well, but they they don't have a quarterback that they've settled on. They're rotating guys, so it's hard. It's hard to say what's going to happen. Uh, I could see. I could see it going either way. I could see BYU just rolling off the momentum from last week and. Rolling into this week and you know running their jet sweeps and their their bulk, their play action offense, which is awesome by the way. I, mm. I love the play action. Oh yeah, you know you get you little guys into it, and that's how they scored that touchdown. Was yeah, they run it, run it, and then play action to to um, Bushman for touchdown. So oh yeah, I can see BYU continue to do that and winning thirty one 
16, something like that. I like it. Or maybe Cal could come in with their athletes and throw the ball around the yard and put up, you know, 35 of their own. I don't know. I really, I don't know. It'll be interesting because I feel like based on what I saw of Cal's highlights, they didn't get it done offensively. They, they won that game because of their defense. I think Cal likely has a weak offense compared to where we thought they were. BYU looks to me like they have a phenomenally strong defense. So I don't think Cal is going to have these long sustained drives getting downfield. I think BYU's defense will be able to stop their offense. So the fate of the game, I feel, is in the the hands of BYU's offense. If they can avoid stupid mistakes, if they can just make completions, make gains, consistently move the ball, they're going to be fine. Okay, that sounds like a good breakdown. I'll, I'll, I'll acquiesce to you on that. All right. <laughs> Man, what what else? Anything else we need to cover? Uh, I mean, that see, just that made it sound like that, the podcast is a chore. We don't. We, anything else we want to cover? We're good at covering lots of we've things. Co- we've covered tornadoes. We've covered <laughs> um, the brethren and their and their memes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've covered football. I think we got all covered, man. I we've think got we all do. Covered. This is fun. Who's our new sponsor this week? Who's our new sponsor? Uh, there's these socks. Oh man, I don't even know what company they're called. I'm wearing socks right now with my wife's face on them. Let's save that for another week when I know what the okay. company is. It's so I guess though. I guess Soda Flows are back to back sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Purveyor of the finest flavored sodas, specialty coffees, and treats and snacks known to mankind. Yes. North Salt Lake, Utah. Soda Flow, come in today. Thank you, Soda Flow. Yeah, they're the best. All right, they really are. Yeah, cool. Go Cougars. All right. Well, you know what? Feel better, man. People don't know. See, they don't know the dedication. Here's here's what I'm talking about. You've been laid up all day, <laughs> sick as can be. But when it was podcast time, you strap on the headphones and you go, man. You no, know, I actually you know the, <laughs> I, I do have beads of sweat on my forehead right now. <laughs> people should be grateful for your sacrifice. I know I, for one, this is a lot of fun. Hey, here's a, here's a good story to end on that we haven't covered yet. I meant to cover this at the beginning of some show at some point in the future. This podcast literally began with a dream. Like, I was asleep dreaming, and I woke up, and it was like I had a podcast that you and I ran together, and it was 15 minutes a week. And I was like, I could do 15 minutes a week, and here we are at minute 30. So we're not exactly, yeah. like, accurate on that dream. But, but I just mentioned it, and you were like, hey, that's a sign. Let's do this. And then... All the obstacles we had to overcome. What happened? We were, we were yeah. all set to record week one, and then, boom! Your house burns down. No, no, that was the third time, right? Oh, my dad! <laughs> my dad going to the hospital because he had to lose lose lost a limb due to diabetes. Yeah, right? was that that one? The, I think the first I don't know, two were, were a lot you, of your dad, and then you had a car wreck or something, right? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My wife's Tahoe. Yeah, 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 man. We almost died, dude. We have survived death. To bring this podcast. But, but it was you know? consistently the night before, the day before we were supposed to record these tragedies. And then the third time, we were all set. January 9th, 2017 was our debut episode. But January 8th, 2017, <laughs> everything I own goes up in flames. So I couldn't record it because I didn't have a microphone or a, anything anymore. Yeah, so, the Lord is trying our patience, man. Except the Lord, the Lord doth chasten His people if yeah. they do not remember Him. So we got too arrogant. We didn't remember the Lord. He chastened <laughs> us, burning houses down, oh, cutting man. off my my parents' limbs. <laughs> Bad news, bro. Yeah, we we should have. But more. we persevered, and here we are, man. That you know, this is a, someday Disney will make a movie on this podcast. <laughs> Incredible. 
It will be incredible. All right. Is Chris, Far- Chris Farley's dead. He can't <laughs> play me. Who, who, would play, who would play you? Oh, I get different names all the time. I get uh, Thor's brother. So the actor, uh, you know, you know who I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Who plays? You know, you've never got that in your life. Well, they don't say Thor. Well, they do actually say Thor's brother. Uh, the guy who uh, is oh Loki, Loki. No, 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 no not not Thor's brother. Oh, Thor's not brother. in the oh. The actor who plays Thor, his actor Hemsworth, brother, Hemsworth. who plays Gale in the Hunger Games. That that's okay. the one I get. So and now everyone cool. like none of our listeners can picture Gale from the Hunger Games. So you're gonna have to Google him. That's what I get sometimes. I used to shave back then though. When I was a little okay. skinnier and I shaved, I was Gale from the Hunger Games. Right on. Okay. Well, we'll have to find an actor for me for this this blockbuster <laughs> podcast movie. It'd be epic. You know, let's just make it Samuel L. Jackson or something like that. It'll be great. He's a good actor. <laughs> okay. He could do awesome. it. He could. He could. Yep. All right. Well, I guess next week will be breakdown of week number two. Yes. Either we'll both be two and zero, oh, or we'll both be one and one, or both you know, be zero oh and one. If, or oh and two. If, Wait, if, I don't know what's going on. If, I'm not good at math. I failed. If we're both one and one, we will see you in two weeks. There's no need to do a podcast. <laughs> this will be the last podcast. We're both one and one. It'll be like, and then the fourth time, our teams just couldn't win anymore, and that's why there is no podcast. This is final episode. Signing off. Thank you for the. It's been it's been All a right. great run. Yep, thanks, Benji. Go you. Go Cougars.